pastor is exactly where he needs to be. Um, and uh, we were kind of joking with him a little bit yesterday, as we often do. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, we need to uh, keep him in prayer uh, that he'll know what, what the right thing is to do, whether to be here with his family or, you know, there's a lot of uh, things uh, pastor uh, uh, has to think about and to pray about. And uh, we are grateful for him and for Jess. And uh, we know that the Lord will take care of them as he has with us. We have uh, no, no doubt about that. Uh, and uh, so this morning we are going to be in the book of Ruth. And uh, many of you will recall uh, in 2019, our pastor presented a series out of the book of Ruth. So hopefully this will be uh, a little bit familiar to us. Uh, and it's a short book if you haven't had the opportunity to read it. Uh, it's a good um, uh, account of, of, uh, of redemption. And that's a little bit of what we're going to be talking to about. It's also going to be talking about our church and, and how to function as a church. And I appreciated Rich's uh, Sunday school class for the adults. Uh, for those of you who are here, uh, you will uh, hear some similar things to that. And uh, also some things that ties into what we were talking a little bit about on Wednesday night out of the book of Exodus as well. Uh, and uh, this morning we're going to be looking at the examples that are given to us in, in this account, uh, uh, both through Boaz uh, and also Ruth, but Naomi and, and Orpah, uh, who's often forgotten about in this story, but I, it's important she's a character uh, or it takes part in this account, and so we will be uh, looking at that also. Uh, and now, uh, Boaz, uh, according to the law, and according to uh, the, the times in the Old Testament, um, he was uh, uh, the kinsman redeemer for Naomi. And uh, we're going to be uh, comparing that to, to Christ as our redeemer. Uh, and uh, uh, the... Um, uh, the way scripture is, is giving that to us and presenting that uh, to us and, and our need of, of that redeemer, just as Naomi needed a, uh, a kinsman redeemer, we need Jesus as our redeemer. And uh, so we'll be uh, touching upon that. And now, uh, it's interesting that uh, the Lord's uh, provision to Naomi and to Ruth was at a time when they were most vulnerable, uh, a time when... Uh, uh, when they were in uh, the greatest need. Uh, and uh, today I want to uh, encourage us uh, to, to look at that and remind ourselves that that's when God provides his provision to us, uh, is, is during uh, those times. And uh, also want to look at the role that Boaz played in that and how important that is uh, for the church and for the church members to consider, uh, remember that Boaz uh, uh, was used by God uh, to complete uh, his will. And uh, as we looked at uh, Wednesday night, uh, God, God chooses to use people uh, to complete uh, uh, his will. Now, Boaz was not a perfect person. He was not, he was uh, flawed just like the rest of us. You know, sometimes you like to put these people up on a pedestal and think uh, that everything is great with them, but, uh, but Boaz was not perfect. There was only one perfect uh, person to live on this earth, and that was Jesus Christ. Um, so, he, but even in uh, his imperfection that he had in his body, uh, he was still used of God. 
Uh, we saw an example this morning uh, in, in, uh, as, uh, um, as Rich was presenting uh, uh, the, the scriptures uh, looking at Paul, uh, he was not a perfect person. Uh, he had a lot of flaws in his character, but God still uh, used him. He, was, he needed a redeemer, and uh, Jesus uh, confronted him and, uh, and changed his life. And, and as a result, then, he, was, he became usable uh, for God and for God's purpose. So uh, let's uh, start just by looking at uh, Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1, and uh, we'll read a few verses here to kind of get the context of this for those who have not, maybe it's been a while since you've read this passage. In verse 1 it says, and now it came to pass in in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem Judah went uh, to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his uh, wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, uh, Aphrodites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab, the name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth, and they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilon uh, died also, both of them, and the woman was left uh, of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard that in the country of Moab, how the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore, she went out forth from the place where she was, her and her two daughters-in-law uh, with her, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as he have dealt with uh, the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and lifted up uh, their voice and wept. And they uh, said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are, ye, uh, are there yet many more sons in my womb? that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, and go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should say I have a husband also tonight and should bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes, that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Oprah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy, sister is, uh, in, uh, thy sister-in-law is gone back into her people and under her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, uh, or return from following after uh, thee, for whither thou goest, I will go, and whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. 
Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord uh, do so to me, and more also, if aught but uh, death part thee and me. And when she, had, uh, when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So here we find the account uh, of what's taking place where uh, Naomi uh, had, had followed her husband, Elimelech, and they left Judah. And they traveled to uh, Moab, and this was during the time of Judges. This is, if you read the, the book of Judges just prior to this, this was during that time period. And we find in the book of Judges that there were times when Israel was very close to God, and then uh, they would, uh, the next generation would come along and they would fall away from God, and then God would send a judge to rescue them. They would, they would uh, uh, turn their hearts back to God, and then after they had uh, uh, had some peace and settlement there, uh, they would, by nature, fall away from God. And there was this up and down, an up and down relationship that Israel had. And this was the period in which uh, uh, this, this account takes place. And we're not sure which king was, uh, was present at the time or, or whether uh, which king was coming into being. Uh, there were many kings uh, during this period of time. Uh, and it's apparent that it was during one of the times when God was judging the people and, and caused a famine to come upon Judah that uh, uh, Naomi with her, uh, her husband Elimelech led his wife and two kids from Judah to go to Moab for food. You know, they were, they were, they were seeing that, oh, you know, there was a famine here, but over there they've got food, so I'm going to go over there. And he took his family there, and his sons married uh, daughters uh, from Moab. Uh, and then later on we see, unfortunately, Elimelech passes away, and then her two sons pass away. And now we find these uh, three women are left uh, alone and vulnerable. Because according to the law and according to the customs, they couldn't just go out and get a job and support themselves. As a matter of fact, they were dependent on someone else to take care of them. And when they looked around, Naomi realized, I have nobody in Moab to take care of me. Right? Uh, and so she then realizes she is going to go back uh, to, to Judah, back uh, to Remember what Judah represented. Judah was the promised land. It was where the promises of God were upon their, their people. And, and Elimelech had left the promises of God. And so as we look at this picture, we see Naomi representing someone that was a child of God, but had left the promises of God. They had gone out uh, to, to Moab to seek the things that sh they should have dependent on God for. See, it may have been that Elimelech, instead of leaving, should have kept his family there in Judah and trusted in God, turned their hearts towards the Lord, and sought after the Lord for those things. But here we find that they left uh, uh, Judah and they went to uh, Moab, and, and here we find now these uh, three uh, young ladies are there, and 
really uh, through just the course of the events of life now find themselves in a vulnerable spot. And Naomi now is taking it upon herself to return back to the Lord. She represents someone that had left the promises of God, now realizes that she's outside of that and needs to turn and go back to the promises of God. She, 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 ha, uh, she has that uh, understanding of that uh, the, the things that she needs are not there in Moab, but the things that she needs are back in uh, the, the land of Judah, the land of promise. And we find now uh, Oprah and uh, Ruth are with her, and they represent people who are unsaved. Right? In, in this, in this uh, lesson, as we see this, you'll see uh, that they represent, unlike uh, Naomi, who was a child of God, had left the promises, these two ladies had never been in the promised land. They were never there. So now they have a, a choice to make uh, themselves, whether to return to a place they've never been to, uh, so actually, they're not necessarily returning. They are going to that place, right? Uh, Naomi's the one that's returning. And they are given that choice, and we see that they choose two different paths, right? Oprah starts out with the other two, and through the, the counsel of Naomi, Naomi is, is providing her counsel about her uh, provision for a husband, saying, there's no way I can provide that to you, right? And so uh, the only chance you have to have a husband is to return back to, to your uh, family and let the customs uh, and, the, and the law uh, provide for you. Because otherwise, if you come with me to the promised land, there's not going to be any way that I can supply a husband for you. And that was the primary focus of their thoughts, was uh, someone to take care of them. Now, you'll see Oprah, then she starts out towards the promised land, but then she turns back. And as we begin to uh, see this play out, you'll, it, we understand this is, uh, you can, you can uh, look into the New Testament and, and look at some of the, uh, the parables uh, that, that Jesus uh, spoke about. Uh, uh, and, and one in particular, as I was uh, putting, uh, thinking about this, was with the sower with the seed, right? And here Oprah starts out receiving the truth, but then she's distracted by the thorns, by the cares of the world, and she realizes rather than trusting and following in faith, she's now going to return back to, to the world to get what she needs. But Ruth, you'll see her, her commitment to following and to entering the promised land. Her commitment there, we, we read it together, was that she committed a vow that Naomi's God was going to be her God, right? That Naomi's uh, 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 land was going to be her land. Now, she didn't know how things were going to play out. As a matter of fact, she says, if you die there, I'm going to die there with you. She was willing to give up 
what she had in Moab. She was willing to give up the things of the world and turn and follow and go with Naomi into the promises of God. She is one that is a new convert, right? And remember, in the, in the Old Testament, in order for someone to become, uh, uh, they, they could become a child of God, but they had to go through the customs and they had to uh, 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 be adopted into that family. And she was willing to do that. She was willing to turn her back on the things that she trusted in not knowing what the future was going to be. By faith, she makes this vow that God was going to be her God. Now, you, know, you, you wonder, how in the world did she know about God? Well, it was through Naomi's testimony, obviously. Right? Even though Naomi was, was outside the promised land, outside the promises of God, she still had uh, the, the, the wherewithal within her to explain to her daughters-in-law and to be a witness to them uh, that, that they uh, had desired, they knew the things of God. And here Ruth's desire was to, uh, to follow after that. So we see the, the commitment and this, this confession of a Moabitess, a believer and a follower committed to follow after these things. In verses 16 and 17, Ruth had a willing heart to give up what she had in Moab in order to seek after the things of God, the the promises of God in Judah. Uh, We talked about the willingness of heart on Wednesday night that that we need to have in order to serve God. So the first thing we see here is a willing heart that she had. And remember that Judah here is representing the promised land or the promises of God. We also have Naomi, a child of Israel, needing to return to the promises of God. And you'll notice that Naomi, let's uh, uh, take a look at, uh, um, when, as they later on are entering into uh, the promised land, she's not at all joyous about this. She's been humbled by her uh, events that have taken place in her life. And sometimes life humbles us. We talked about that this morning in, in, uh, in our uh, Bible study uh, in, the, in the adult class, how Paul needed to be humbled from the position that he held in the world uh, to one as a, as, a, as a servant of the Lord. Well, we see here uh, Naomi has been humbled Look at verse 21, it says, she says, I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. When, why then call me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi turn, returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of of the barley harvest. Don't miss that point. This is all in accordance with God's timing. It's all in accordance with God's provision for them because the beginning of the barley harvest was actually the best time for them to return because that's when the harvest was being taken and the according to the law, the reapers were supposed to leave uh, not, not to take everything off the fields, but to leave uh, the provision there of God for 
the widows and for the orphans to be able to take part of. So this was all happening. You see God's timing taking place in this. But you see Naomi, she went out full. But God emptied her. And now she's returning empty. She's even saying, don't, don't even call me Naomi. She, she has a, uh, she, she, she's in bitterness of spirit. Uh, and, and she says, call me Mara, who's what she uh, was telling her, the people. And, and as she came back, you know, the people barely recognized her because of the years that had worn on her. Remember, they were there 10 years. Uh, and, and, and those years were hard on Naomi. And now she's coming back. She's full of bitterness. And she is returning. But she's returning in the Lord's timing. One thing that's important is, is that whenever a child of God uh, leaves the promises of God and, and seeks after the things of the world, the first thing we need to do is empty ourselves of the world. We can't return to God full of ourselves. We can't return to God full of the world. We need to, we need to, we need to ask God to remove those things. We need to confess those things so that we, we do come before him empty and allow his spirit then to fill us and this is what Naomi is going to see is in this provision that God has uh, that, that we need to uh, uh, even though we are vulnerable even though we are uh, uh, empty God is gracious enough to provide for us in his timing in his uh, provision here we're going to see uh, that, that uh, God is faithful to us and faithful uh, to, to, uh, to Ruth and Naomi. If you look at chapter 2, and you look at these first three verses of chapter 2, it says, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said under Naomi, let me uh, now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap was light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. The good news for Naomi was she has a kinsman redeemer. The good news for us is that we have the redeemer, and his name's not Boaz. <laughs> his name is the Lord Jesus. The good news was that God's provision and God's timing was upon these women as they made their commitment. Now, realizing they had to make the commitment back in Moab, right? They had to walk, they had to journey here, and it isn't that everything is then all just sudden given to them. They had to work for it, right? The, now, you'll see Ruth's commitment and her vow is increasing in her faith. You look at what she said. She said, uh, let me now go to the field and glean the ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find 
grace. <laughs> she knew what she had to do. She knew she had to take care of her mother-in-law. She knew she had to go out and do this work. But she also knew now she can trust the same God that she had vowed was her God. And that her God was going to take care of her. And, you know, as she goes out, uh, she knew, uh, Naomi knew that she had a kinsman redeemer. She knew it was Boaz. But, you know, when they go out to, to glean, they were going and following the reapers. Right? They didn't know which field the reapers were going to be in. And it wasn't like they had a big lit up sign that said Boaz's field here. Right? She just goes out and, and, and she sees where the reapers are and she goes after them. And she discovers the Lord's hands upon her because she ends up in Boaz's field. The providence of God is at work. She can see it. She understands it. It is getting now. Uh, it's, Naomi is even uh, encouraged by this. She has gone from somebody who's, who, who is empty, somebody that uh, is, is uh, been, been uh, gone through the death of her husband and her two sons, and now she's, she's without uh, anybody to take care of her. Now she's starting to see the provision of God in her life. And so as these two women start to, uh, to interact here, and as you, you, you can read uh, through the book of Ruth, you can see how God had brought the two of them together to be an encouragement to one another. And that's so important for us as, as children of God to find encouragement uh, from one another. All right? And notice... That I, I know it's kind of confusing, but in verse 3, it says, Her hap was light to the, uh, excuse me, uh, her hap was to light on the part of the field belonging to Boaz. And that is just another way of saying she just happened to be in the field of Boaz. Right? It wasn't by coincidence, it wasn't by happenstance, but it was by God's directing and leading her. It was her trust and faith in the Lord, even though she didn't know where that was. The Lord led her there. Providence of God had brought Ruth to the field of Boaz. Right? Naomi and Ruth both needed Boaz to care for them as they worked, and as they were obedient to the law of God. Because this was the law of God that, that Boaz was following, but it was also the law of God that was providing uh, the provision to those two, two women, and it was also the, the law of God that, that uh, Ruth now had to obey and to go into work and to glean in those fields. but we also see the responsibility of Boaz in this. See, Boaz had a responsibility as the kinsman redeemer to take care of his family, right? To, 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 uh, to, uh, to uh, take comfort and to provide uh, for them, right? The responsibility is an example to us as the church. Now, we are not the Redeemer, right? Boaz was not the Redeemer. Jesus is the Redeemer. But 
Boaz made it possible for Naomi and Ruth to become a part of the lineage of the Lord. As I... Uh, So I think about the responsibility Boaz had. Hmm. Now, he wasn't thinking, oh, oh goodness, I've got all this responsibility. He was just doing what it was the Lord was leading him to do. But the responsibility was, uh, was, was, was given uh, to him. And, you know, as I got uh, uh, studying this and, and reading, um, uh, uh, one of the uh, lessons that, uh, one of the, the, the uh, messages that uh, Charles Spurgeon had, uh, had, had given based on the scripture was, uh, he made a, a, a quote, and he said that where spiritual life is weak, it should be nurtured with affectionate care. Right? That's our response. Excuse me. Right? He, he went on to say, he said, uh, we desire to cherish, not censure. If lambs are to grow, they must be shepherded. If Ruth was to be happy in the land of Israel, Boaz had to take care of her. Right? And we think about that. You know, we, we invite uh, 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 people to come to the Lord. We, we invite them into the, the family of God. We invite them into our church. But sometimes we shake our responsibility. How do we respond? Do we, do we, how do we respond when somebody comes for salvation or comes to be baptized? Do we, do we just kind of ho-hum and, and, right? or do we, you know, we check it off on our list saying, yes, we did that? Or even worse, do we say, well, I wonder how long that's going to last? Right? We become judgmental towards that. We need to be careful in that. We need to understand from Boaz's perspective and see uh, his example of, of how he responded with affectionate care of Ruth and of Naomi and how he was willing uh, to be their kinsman redeemer. Remember, he had to go to the next of kin and on their behalf talk with them in order to be their kinsman redeemer. If you, if you read that for the sake of time, we don't have time to read the entirety of this. But Boaz had responsibilities that he lived up to in order to make it possible. In order to, uh, uh, this was all in accordance with God's will. It was all in accordance with God's plan to give us the example of a Moabitess who was accepted into the lineage of Jesus. But he still had that responsibility that he needed to, to take on. Right? And you'll notice to uh, Ruth and Naomi's hunger <laughs> drove them to glean, right? The, the reason why Ruth went out to glean that barley in that field was because they needed to eat. 
And the only way they were going to eat, they couldn't just sit back and say, oh, will somebody come feed us? No. Ruth understood she had a responsibility as well to go out and to glean. And that should be also an example uh, for us as children of God that our spiritual hunger needs to drive us to eat. Our spiritual hunger needs to, be, needs to drive us to glean and to grow from the things of God. That spiritual hunger, we, we, we feed ourselves uh, daily through Bible study. We feed ourselves daily through prayer. We feed ourselves daily uh, through, through um, listening to the leading of the Lord. Just as these ladies were following the leading of the Lord, making that commitment, saying God was going to be our God no matter what, and we're going to follow after him, we're going to leave behind the things of Moab, and we're going to step into the promised land. We're going to take that act of faith and uh, continue uh, down that line. And it, yes, it means I get to go work, right? I have to go perform the things that are going to uh, to feed not only for me, but she was also now providing for her mother-in-law. See, we also have that example for us that we need to not be lazy in our spiritual work. But we need to seek after that and allow our spiritual hunger to be built up within us. And instead of snacking on the things of the world, we need to get into the, the, the meat uh, and, and being fed by the things of God. We have the responsibility to glean and labor daily through prayer through Bible study and through meditation, through service to the Lord and in, in wh where he's leading us. See, I need to be willing, and this is something I mentioned to the kids a lot, I need to be willing to give up what I want in order to have what Jesus wants. Okay. Now we're told in verse 1 of chapter 2 that Boaz was a mighty man of wealth. And we might think, well, I'm not wealthy. I don't have what, what Boaz had. You know, he had all these fields. He had all these things. But you see, Boaz was rich, not in the things of the world, but he was rich in the things of God. As a child of God, we may not be rich in the things of this world, but we are rich unto God. We have the riches of God within us because we have the Holy Spirit of God within us when we receive it. And the question is, what do we do with that? Jesus uh, gave a, a parable in Luke chapter 12 of a king that kept storing up more and more and more and he built down towers and he would store all the things for himself. And Jesus said, yeah, he was rich in the things of this world, but he was not rich towards God. What are we doing with the richness that God gives us? Are we storing it up to ourselves? Or are we sharing it? Are we willing to do what Boaz did and give up uh, the, the things in order to follow after the, 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 the scriptures of God? This morning, as we close in this passage, I want us to think about who we identify with in this passage. 
Do we identify with Naomi as a child of God needing to return from Moab to the promises of God? Needing to be made willing by the Holy Spirit to do that. Is that where we find ourselves today? Or do we find ourselves like Ruth, who maybe you're not a child of God. Maybe, maybe that's not the country you belong in, but you're willing to give up the world in order to receive the Lord as your Savior, in order to enter into that promised land. You know, there's also the example of Orpah. She was convinced at first to go, but then the things of the world kind of became more important to her. And you'll find that she returned back to Moab, and we never hear anything more about her. But I think for most of us, we should identify ourselves with Boaz who with affection and care cherishes the lives of those that come for salvation, right? She, he cherished the lives of Naomi and Ruth, and he led them into the lineage of the Lord Jesus. Boaz provided that way for Naomi and Ruth just as the Lord Jesus provides that way for you and I. We are provided the way to become the child of God. In this account, and as you read, not just in the book of Ruth, but in the, in the forwarding books of God's word, you'll find that Boaz marries Ruth and their offspring then becomes in the line of David, who then falls in the line of Jesus. The Lord's death on the cross provides that way for us to enter into the lineage of God as well, to become his child. The church needs to be rich towards God today and sharing the gospel of what our Redeemer has done for us. And particularly with those who are empty and most vulnerable, just as we found with these. Not, uh, not uh, being selfish towards, towards them with, with the things of God, but, 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 being, but sharing those things out of the word of God. Not uh, being judgmental towards them, but being caring towards them and providing them and inviting them. And just as Boaz made them feel happy and enjoying the land of Judah as a church, bringing in our our family, our our church family, to, to enjoy being a part of God's family. I think that's part of what's uh, the lesson that Rich has been uh, teaching in the, in, out of the uh, book of First uh, Timothy is how do we function as a church? And I think Boaz here gives us a good example of some of those things 
that we need to do as a church family, as individuals, not just as the church, but as an individual member of a church. This morning, as we close, I'd like you just to think about that. If, if there's anyone here that identifies with someone needing to return or someone that has never received Jesus as their Savior, we invite you to come so we can show you how uh, the Lord can provide that to you through faith and through the Lord Jesus. This morning we come to a close. We'll ask you to bow your heads and pray, and then Dan's going to come with a song. Lord, we give you thanks for the day. Lord, we give you uh, thanks uh, for your word and, Lord, for your mercy. Lord, we are thankful for the, the faith that you give us, the grace that you give to us. And, Lord, the, your word that you have provided to us that, that just teaches us the truth of who you are. Lord, we are thankful this morning that we ask your blessing upon your word and upon your, our hearts, Lord, as we uh, just consider this Old Testament example and what it means towards us as the church today. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.